Amen? It's a beautiful song. Hope you check it out, listen to it today, and uh, be blessed by it continually throughout your week. This morning, I got a message that I want to preach entitled, No Worries, Only the Ship Will Be Lost. (laughs) Got to be careful with that word here today. No worries. Don't worry about it. Only the ship will be lost. I want to read out of Acts 27, 21 through 26. If you have your Bibles, you can open it up. If you're using your phone, we have cameras everywhere, and we're watching what you're looking at right now. So I hope it's the Bible app. If not, uh, we'll talk with you after service. Uh, Acts 27, I'm just kidding. Some people are, like, putting their phones back in their pockets. Um, 21 through 26. I want to read it here. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. Paul is an amazing man of God. He's a, he's a mighty, mighty man of God that has a story, right? That has a story that was before Jesus got a hold of him. He was a, a man that was going after church people. He was hurting the church. He was trying to destroy the church of Jesus Christ. And now he is in a prisoner because he had a radical encounter with Jesus Christ. Jesus changed his entire story. Anybody thankful for the grace of God in this place? That changes your story. His whole story changes. And now he's being persecuted for the thing that he persecuted, the church. He is now for the church and he's building the church and he is now on a boat. He is on a boat with over 200, it's like 255, 54 other prisoners. And he's saying to these prisoners, hey, y'all, fellas, I told you not to bring us on this boat. Anybody have the friend that always is like, I told you so. Don't raise your hand and look at the person next to you if they're here with you. But he's being that guy right now like, hey, I told you. Now we're in this. Now this is it. This is an issue. And he says, but now. I urge you to keep up your courage. Keep up your courage. Such a powerful line. Because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up the courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. No worries. Only the ship will be lost. Have you uh, ever, thank you guys, have you ever wanted something in your life so bad? And you wanted something so bad that you were willing to go at whatever cost to get it. Anybody want to be with me this morning? Because my hand's up. The rest of you all are awesome, holy, you're great. But if I was being, if we were all being honest, I think there's points in our lives where we have all been at a place where we want something so bad that we will go after it. We will try to get it. We will do whatever we can to have it. And most of those times, the things that we want the most are often the things that hurt us the most or don't give us the satisfaction of what we are looking for out of those things. I remember I was in college, I was a freshman, and um, the thing about being in Illinois is it gets cold. I don't know if you know that. 
uh, winter times, it's like the tundra, right? And I remember being down at this campus. It was wide open, spacious campus. And I remember calling my parents, and I was like, Mom, Dad, um, it's cold. <laughs> and they're like, what do you want us to do? <laughs> and I was like, buy me a coat? They're like, no, we already bought you four coats last year. And I was like, but Mom, Dad, I need this coat. They're like, you need it, huh? And I was like, yes, I need it. See, the thing about it is, and it's nothing to knock this brand whatsoever. I still have one. But at that time, everybody was wearing North Face. It was like the cool thing to do, right? I was walking through campus, and it was like every single person on that place had a North Face, I felt like. And I was like, I'm not fitting in. I'm wearing this just peacoat thing. What is this peacoat thing? This is nothing compared to what I should have, right? And I remember saying to them, I want this. And they're like, you're not going to get it. We're not buying it for you. Get a job and figure it out. I was like, all right. So I got a job on campus, and I remember saving up all my money, right? And I went online to see how much it costs. Those things aren't cheap. And I was like, man, let's see if there's like any knockoff kind of like deals going on. And I remember finding this site, what looked like to be a Chinese website from over there. And it had the jacket that I so desperately wanted. It was right there. I bought it. And I was like, on cloud nine, I was like, yes, social suicide is over. I'm in. Right? And it was like, oh, I got the jacket what was like 17 weeks later because <laughs> it came overseas. And I got the jacket out of the box, right? And I lift it up. I'm like, man, this is awesome. I needed this so bad. And I remember putting the jacket on. And at that time, it was December. It was snowing. It was freezing. I remember putting the jacket on like, this doesn't feel very heavy. You, you know, when you put a jacket on, you're like, this feels warm. I was like, this jacket just doesn't feel right, right? Like, but I was like too stubborn. And I needed it so bad that I put it on and I walked outside. I started walking towards campus. And I remember as I was taking steps, I immediately was like, this jacket is not working. <laughs> this is not working. <laughs> what is wrong, North Face? Fix this. Like, I was looking at it. And I remember, like, showing up to a buddy as I arrived to campus, like, freezing, hot chocolate in hand. He was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I bought this jacket because I needed it so bad, so bad. And he was like, dude, this is a windbreaker. <laughs> He's like, there's no lining in this thing at all. I was like, what? He was like, don't wear this. Do not wear this. How many of you know? I wore that thing all winter long. 150 bucks later, I'm wearing that thing all day long. See, the thing that I needed the most, right, the thing that I thought I needed, the thing that would give me security, the thing that would bring me hope, the thing that would let me fit in was the exact opposite of what I actually needed. See, I thought I needed this jacket in order to be cool, to, to be in with everybody else. I thought I needed it to just be this sense of security, and it was completely the wrong thing that I needed. I needed that pea coat that my mom bought me. She knew what she was doing. See, some of us in this room this morning on this baptism Sunday, I think this is vital, that some of us have walked in here today, and we are holding on to things so desperately. We've asked for things. We've strived for things. we fought for things to get in order to fill a void that is deep inside of us. See, we will climb over mountains. We will push people over. We will do whatever we can do to get the things that we think are going to bring us security. I don't know about you, but I like to feel secure. <laughs> I, I was in marriage counseling when Rachel and I were about to get married, and the, the, the guy that did our marriage counseling, the couple, they always said, JP, your job as the man is to make your wife feel secure. And I was like, great, but what about me? <laughs> what about me? <laughs> They're like, JP, <laughs> do 
She will do that too, but your main job is to make Rachel feel secure. And I was like, you're right. I have to do that. But either male or female in this room today, we all long, no matter where you're at on this journey of faith, we all desire a deep sense of security. This isn't a quiet church. I, I, I know I'm preaching to some people here that, like, whenever you're at in life, whether you're a parent, grandparent, a college student, younger kid, we all desire security. We all want to wake up in the morning. We want, to, we want to take the steps out the door. We want to walk into our job. We want to walk into our places and spaces, and we want to feel secure. We want to have that sense that, you know what, I'm going to be all right. I, I, I don't know about you, but I read this story, and it's kind of an interesting story. It's an interesting take, in my opinion, but I, I read this story, and I was like, man, Paul, you're crazy, bro. <laughs> See, the, the ship represents security in this story. Now, now bear with me here for a second. I want to give you some story context of what's happening. Paul's on a boat, a bunch of prisoners. They're heading over. Paul's going to stand before trial with Caesar because he's an, Ita- he's an Italian. <laughs> he's an Italian. It's true. He's awesome. He's a Roman citizen. <laughs> no, but some people are like, I don't get it. He's a Roman citizen, so he's going to go stand trial with Caesar. He has to get there. He's on the boat with a bunch of other prisoners, and he told the prisoners before they left, hey, hey guys, we shouldn't take this trip. This isn't going to be good. We're going to run into some danger. This isn't going to happen. But sure enough, they took him, and they went, and they're on the ship now. And now the storm, what many theologians, commentaries read it as, there was a, there was a very bad storm, like hurricane-esque kind of storm, right? Like it's this storm. It's not just this little tropical windstorm. This is like a storm where you imagine being in the middle of the ocean, and the waves are coming over the boat, right? You with me? Like, imagine that. Um, excuse me, uh, there's water in the boat. <laughs> water's supposed to be outside the boat. These people, I imagine the prisoner's like, I'm sorry, this is not supposed to be happening right now. We, we have no control. We can't do anything. But Paul's like, hey, don't worry. Hey, don't worry. I spoke to God. I'm close with him. <laughs> the big guy upstairs, me and him, we're connected. He's like, hey, not a single one of you are going to lose your lives. But... <laughs> But um, out here on the ocean, in the middle of it, we're going to lose the boat. <laughs> Nobody else, like, finds that fascinating. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> um, I got the first part. Not a single one of us are going to lose our lives, but the boat's going to go? Paul, how are we going to make it to land? How are we going to live? Yeah, the boat is our security. The boat is what we need to be on. This is the only way to make it to land. I, it's real quiet in here, I know. But I don't know about you. I'd be the prisoner in the back like, you're nuts. Paul, just no, we'll keep the boat. Tell the big man upstairs we'll keep the boat. And I think this is the message for us. That, hey, take courage. Your ship, the thing that you're holding on to the most might have to go. But you will live. And you know how you're going to live? By Jesus Christ dying on a cross for you 2,000 years ago and you recognizing him as your Lord, Savior, and King. Hey, hey, the security of life might go. It, it might, it's gonna, we're going to lose that stuff, but guess what? Take courage. You're going to live. I don't know about you, but on Baptism Sunday, this is the exact message. Hey, the people that are going from the old to the new life, they're saying, hey, my old life, 
The ships that I've been holding on to, the stuff that I've been holding on to, it's going to be left in the water, no longer to pick it back up, no longer to keep walking in the patterns, and no longer to be that way, but to walk in the security of Jesus Christ. I, I don't know about you, but I find my hope in Jesus. I find my strength in Jesus. And the days that I can't pick my heads up, the, the, the days that I can't be the greatest husband, soon to be great father, the days that I can't be a great leader, I find my security and hope in only Jesus Christ. That's it. I put my trust in a lot of other things before Jesus. And guess what? I lost those ships. And glory be to God that I lost those ships. See, the thing about it is, is that many of you and myself would rather trust a sinking ship than a Savior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of us are like, no, JP, I'll still stay on this boat. I'm riding this storm out. I'll be all right. I hear it all the time. And I say it sometimes, God, I'm going to hold on to this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give you, you're cool. I love you with every, but I'm going to hold on to this boat right now. See, some of us in the room this morning, we're fighting it. Instead of saying, hey, you know what, God? I'm going to put my trust, my faith, my hope in a Savior instead of this sinking ship. Instead of this ship that's losing, that's failing, that's going down, God, I'm going to take courage in your word. God, I'm going to take courage in your promises. God, I'm going to take your salvation power. I'm going to take the spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead. I'm going to take that, and I'm going to walk in the security of Jesus Christ. I don't need to walk in this sinking ship. I don't need to fit in because the world's telling me. Guys, can I, can I be frank? This world's going to go. It's going to fade. All these cool, fancy things that we have, it's not going to be here forever. Show me one person that walked themselves out of the grave. Like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. They climbed themselves out of the tomb and out of the grave. They're like, I'm here. We have one shot at this life. A shot. We don't get a second shot at life. And I'm here today to say, hey, listen, if you want to make the most of your life, Stop holding on to the ships of your life that you think are keeping you secure and maybe just maybe trust and believe in something greater than yourself in the one named Jesus and say, you know what, I can't go this way anymore. I can't keep doing these things anymore. I can't keep walking in the life that I've been walking. See, the message of Jesus Christ should never become stale. Yo, let me be honest. Some of you all are sitting on your hands this morning. And it's the thing about Jesus that he gave everything up for you and me. It wasn't like he was just like, I'm going to give half of myself. I'm just going to go halfway up the hill to Calvary. I'm just going to, no, he went all the way, the whole way, so that you and I and every single one of us could receive a new life. See, God's not the God of second chances. I don't believe that. I believe he's the God of brand new. Hello, we've always said God's giving you a second chance. No, he wants to make you brand new. So brand new means what? Brand new. We're like, no, I think I still want to be the old self. Then you haven't given your life over to Jesus Christ fully. Because when you do that, whoo! For real. Walking with Jesus is fun. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, it's, I don't know if I want to give it over yet. I, I think the world is a lot more fun. I'm like, yeah, but how about tomorrow? How does tomorrow feel when you wake up after that one? I'm like, man, no, serving Jesus is awesome. I'm like running around these streets like, hey. This is awesome. The beauty of everything. This is amazing. People are like, you're a nut job. And I'm like, yeah, well, okay. But I know where my hope is. I know where I can tell you where your hope can be. 
Because I see the brokenness inside of you. I see Jesus better yet sees where you're at right now. Jesus knows what you're struggling with. Jesus knows where your marriage is at right now. Jesus knows that the job you're in, you want to get out of the job because it's absolutely crazy. And you don't know what to do, but he sees you where you're at. And he wants to take you to places and spaces that you can't imagine. The ship will be lost. (laughs) The ship will be lost, but take courage. You will live. See, when you give your lives over to Jesus, when you take up your cross and you follow him, you have the abundant life. Oh, churches just talk that word all the time, the abundant life, right? I don't know about you, but I believe in God's promises. (laughs) I'm all about the abundant life. (laughs) But the abundant life happens when we walk in obedience. And the obedience of heaven today, the obedience of God is saying, hey, will you give up your ships? Will you lay them down? And will you take up my promises? Will you take up a brand new start? Will you take up a a brand new life so that I can show you the things that I have for you, that I can show you where I'm going to take you? You know, some of you this morning are just dealing with relationships. You're in a relationship that's so toxic, but you're so stuck in it. And you're like, this is the confidence that I have. If I lose this, if I lose him because he's so special, he's so awesome, he's amazing, but he doesn't have a job. Don't worry about it. He doesn't have a job, but he's awesome. Ladies, if he doesn't have a job, don't date him. It's like, he's amazing, though. He's awesome. He just gives me those twinkly eyes, and I'm like, oh. But anyways, I hear it all the time. I'm like, yo, does he work? No. What? But maybe, just maybe this morning, whatever that thing is in your life that you're just not ready to give up, maybe just this morning. You can walk out of here and say, you know what, take courage. I'm taking courage this morning. I'm giving up my ships, and I'm walking in my Savior's power. I'm walking in kingdom power. Can I just give us four things that I think that we hold on to very tightly, that I think today that the Holy Spirit wants to take off of us? Can we do this together? Peyton's going to come up and play because we've got to baptize some people. But before that, I think people are going to give their lives to Jesus here in this place. The first thing is this, that we need to lose today, that we got to let go. The first is this, the ship of shame. The ship of shame. Shame means a painful feeling or humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. The painful feeling of humiliation. I don't know about you, but I, I, I have felt shamed before. You know what Satan does the most? He tries to shame you the most. See, when you walk with Jesus and you give your life over to Jesus, Satan's going to come back to you, and he's going to start whispering in your ear, you didn't make that decision. That's not real. Hey, remember all those things that you used to do? That's still you. Hey, buddy, you never got over that stuff. That's still in you. It's still in you. You're not great. You're not destined to great things. You're not a brand new person. You're still the old person. That's what shame does. And we're here today to say, we're going to break the, sh- the, the ship of shame. We're going to break it. I, I just trust in my heart today that there's people walking around that are so shamed. And maybe it's not by Satan. Maybe it's by people around you. I, I, he wasn't supposed to be here today, but my brother's here. He's awesome. He's my older brother. I love him to death. But I do know one thing that I had to work through as I came to know Jesus. I would shame my older brother so that I could excel myself. I would say stuff to him. I would tell him how wrong he was or how off he was or how crazy he was to shame him so that I could feel better about myself. 
See, there's some people in this room, maybe you're that person that shames people, but maybe you're that person that has been shamed by somebody. Today, you can say, hey, I'm letting go of the things that people have said about me, the things that people have proclaimed over my life. I'm not going to keep holding on to that thing that people have said about me that is not true because in Jesus Christ, I am brand new. In Jesus Christ, I walk in power. In Jesus Christ, I walk in the good things of God. In Jesus Christ, I walk in the boundaries that are pleasantly set up for me. And shame's like, hey, you're still your same self. You haven't changed. Hey, you sinned yesterday. Anybody ever, can we be honest? My hand's up. When I've done something stupid, when I've mistreated Rachel, said something to her, talked to her the wrong way, and I go and I leave and I'm like, I'm going to be right. And then I'm like, man, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Rachel, I'm sorry. But you know what starts to happen the moment I say I'm sorry? Shame. The evil one's like, no, you're a terrible husband. You're terrible. How dare you talk to your wife like that? How dare you do that? Anybody else ever been there before? Is this just me this day? No, 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 I don't think so. Oh, man, you, you, you jumped back into that scene again? Oh, you picked up that habit again? Oh, you touched that thing again? You're not different. You haven't changed. You're, 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 you're going to stay the same way. That's the voice of shame. The voice of Jesus Christ is saying, no, I died on a cross and paid for your life. My blood has been poured out for you. You don't walk in a shameful mindset. You don't walk in a shamed life. You walk in an eternal life, in an eternal promise. So, yes, come to me, my children. Get before me, my son and my daughter. Let me heal you. Let me restore you. Let me take your brokenness and make you whole. But you are not going to walk in shame. That ship is going to sink. Today, that ship is going to sink in some of our lives today. The ship of shame that's holding us back, that's keeping us from the person that we're called to be. The second thing is this the ship of hurt. Hmm. Hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And it's no different in the church. Hurt people hurt people. And if we could come today and we could say, God, there's hurt in my life. I'm going to lay my life down at your feet. I'm going to die to self, and I'm going to take up the life that you've called me. I've been hurt before, but I'm going to leave it at your feet. You know what dead people can't do? They can't be hurt. Some of you are like, explain that one to me. See, when we say, Jesus, I've died Myself, I have taken myself and I've given it to you. My heart, my mind, my soul. I've laid my life down at your feet. I'm dead. JP is dead. I'm going to walk with what you've called me to walk and I'm going to be who you've called me to be. When that happens, people, we don't walk in hurt. We don't take offense. Offense is a choice. Oh, this is... Oh, Truly, let me be honest, you learn this key. If you take this and walk out of here, your life will be forever changed. If you choose offense, it's a choice. It's an absolute choice. You can choose to wake up and say, no, Jesus was spit at. Jesus was beaten. Jesus was said all sorts of things, and he kept walking in love. It wasn't he was like, oh, I'm offended. I'm done. He was like, no, I love you. I love you. Say whatever you want to say to me. I love you. See, when you don't walk with hurt, when you, when, you, when you live in hurt, sorry, when you live in hurt, you walk in offense. You know what offense is like? It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. 
It is. It's a saying in the church that has been said multiple times to me, and I was like, man, that's so true. If I could just let go of my hurt and let go of the things that have been done to me, the ship of holding on to hurt, well, I'm just going to live in the identity of my hurt. If I can just tell everybody how hurt I am and how much I've been hurt, I'm going to be okay. No, you're not. What you can do is say, break off of me. Let that ship sink. Hey, guys, remember how I used to say I was so hurt? Guys, I was healed. I was healed in Jesus' name. I don't walk the way I used to walk. I don't think the way I used to think. I'm healed. Some of you are sitting on your hands still. Like, that is the good news of Jesus Christ. I don't walk in hurt. I don't walk in past pain. That's been forgiven and released. I'm moving forward into the destiny and purpose that God has for me. The ship of hurt's got to go. We don't give hate. We give honor in this church. We honor everybody. I preached it last week. I honor both things that have hurt you. Is it real? Yes. I'm not downplaying people's things that have been done to you. I'm not. But what I'm saying is Jesus Christ died on a cross to cover it. You know what's awesome about Jesus is he covers it. He, like, takes his thing. He's like, you're covered now. You don't walk in that anymore. You don't talk like that anymore. You don't live like that anymore. I've covered you. I, that's good news. What do you mean? I can walk out of here and be covered? Yeah. By the greatest king of all time. The third thing is this. That's got to go. The ship of insecurity. Guys, you know me, I'm passionate, I love Jesus, I love you just as much, but today's generation more than ever before is the most insecure generation of all time. We are. It's terrible. I, I, I was talking to a person a few days ago, and I don't downplay this situation at all, and I know I bring it up a lot, but forgive me. And I was like, man, why are you so rattled? Like, he was just expressing, I'm so hurt. I'm so broken. I'm so lost. I can't feel like I just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I feel like every time I, I, I go and I look on social media, <laughs> I feel like I start comparing my life. I feel like I start to look at everything everybody else has, and I feel like my life is not adequate enough. I feel like the things that I'm doing isn't strong enough. I feel like I'm never going to amount to anything. Man, I just feel insecure, JP. And I say to him, hey, listen, that's the most that's the biggest lie of the enemy today. Comparison. The comparison game will kill you. You'll wake up in the morning and you'll miss out on what God has specifically put inside of you and you alone. Let me say this. If you don't know this about yourself, Jesus Christ has put something inside of you that's only in you. It's not in me. It's not in any one of us up here. It's only in you. And if you claim it, if you walk in it, if you live in it, you will go do things that people are going to look at your Instagram. It's not a private thing. and be like, why are they so good at what they're doing? And why do they have so much joy doing what they're doing? Why do they have so much life, what they're doing? Oh, you want to know why? Let me tell you why. Come here. It's because Jesus Christ died on a cross for me 2,000 years ago. And so I don't have to walk in insecurity. I don't have to walk in. Do I wake up every day, look good, make sure I feel good? Because I'm going to step out into a city that's all about being insecurity. No, no, it's crazy. I was at an event last night. I love it. But I was looking across the room of many, many people. And they have their status on them. We're, we're here. We're here. Look at what I've done. Look where I'm going. And inside, I, it, was, it was hard. I was looking at it going, their whole entire inside is broken. And we as a church have to stop living in insecurity and start walking in security of Jesus Christ and what he's done for our lives so that we can go and help the person next to us that's walking in insecurity and give them hope and give them life and give them truth. I don't know about you, but I want the ship of insecurity to sink. I want you all to wake up every day going, I'm a child of God? Oh! 
Do that tomorrow. Yeah. Wake your spouse up. I do that sometimes to Rachel. I'm a child of God. Woo! She's like, go to bed. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm a child of God. He paid for me. Woo! Hey, whatever you want to say to me, world, it's cool. <laughs> I'm a child of the king. Ain't nobody going to knock me off of this one. I'm good. He's paid for my life. He's claimed my life. I am walking with the king. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, maybe I don't look like the person next to me. Yeah, maybe I don't have a polished message like the person next to me. Yeah, maybe I don't have a, a building like the other pastor down the road. It doesn't matter. God has placed me here for such a time as this, for this, and me and Rachel and the team and every one of you around us to do this for this time right now. See, when you walk in insecurity, you're missing out on the greatest thing in the world, and that is God's plan for your life. And the last thing is this, the final ship that has to sink, pride. If you were following along, I just spelled out ship. Some of them later are like, I don't get, I see some of them looking at like, it's amazing. <laughs> hey, but this is a real thing. Pride. It's a real thing. And it's alive in every single one of us. It's a ship that's sinking, though. See, when you hold on to pride and you're like, no, my pride's going to keep me, your pride's going to sink you. The greatest thing that broke me, just a basic way, and we're going to close with this, is that when I walked into a church service after giving my life to Jesus Christ as a 22-year-old that was messed up, lost, broken, and Jesus invaded my life. I wasn't perfect. I still am not. I never will be. And he invaded my life, and he showed me how much he loved me, and he cared for me, and he died for me, a sinner like this kid. I remember I held on to so much pride. Well, no, I can still muscle my way through. I can still be good on my own. I can still do it on my own. And I walked into a service one time. It was down at where I was working, and the Lord said, JP, are you so prideful enough to not lift your hands up to me? <laughs> Some of you walk in here and you see people lifting their hands in worship, right? And you're like, who's asking questions? Because nobody's answering them. See, what broke in me was lifting my hands. I say it all the time, but we got to catch this. It's the universal sign of surrender. It's like, yo, I'm done. I'm done trying to be prideful. I'm done trying to muscle my way. I'm done trying to make my own way. I'm done because it's getting me nowhere. The pride in me, the stuff that I'm holding on to, gripping so tight, it's making me sink. And Jesus is like, will you break pride in you? Will you allow me to break it in you? Will you just for this moment, in this moment of being at that service, will you just lift your hands? And so what did I do? Little saucer, like pizza pan hands, like. He's like, no, 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 this is a moment. Will you, will you just let your pride go, and you, will you let me be God? And I was like, snap. So I went here. <laughs> and as the song continued, I just lifted my hands, and I began weeping. Because I was like, when I lift my hands, it's like I'm holding on to my dad's hand. I'm weirdly emotional today. I'm sorry. I was like, man, I'm holding on to my father's hand, and I, I don't want my pride to keep me from this. 
This is better than any high, better than any drug, better than any relationship. This is what it feels like to be loved. This is what it feels like to be cared for. This is what it feels like to be on a, on a, a, play, a, a ground that's not sinking. This is what it feels like to let the ships go and let my Savior take over my life. This is what it feels like. Okay, God, you got me. You got me. You got me. You got me. I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to get it right all the time. Nobody in this place is perfect. Hello. If you are, I'm perfect. No, you're not. None of us are. We're all on equal ground here. Hello. No matter where you come from, no matter what you believe, no matter what your socioeconomic, whatever, no matter who you are, we are on level ground at the foot of Jesus Christ's cross. I said, my pride's got to be broken. So today, will you let your ships go? And will you take up the Savior, Jesus Christ?